We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday night, the 30th. Happy first day of the Senior Bowl. This is time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by Carl Dummler and Scott Kennedy today, the, the two guys that I do all my shows with. Uh, how are you guys doing, uh, Carl? Uh, Scott's probably needs to catch his breath a little bit with everything going on there today. How are you doing, Carl? What's new? I'm good, man. It's back to shorts weather here. Oh, we're, we're like wow. 62. I know it's crazy down at negative 15 last week and up to 62 this week. So welcome to Kansas, everyone. But uh, so, no, it's been good. I get to go for some runs outside, enjoy nature once again, uh, smell the fresh air, not be freezing to death, slipping on ice, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't quite as fun to be woken up by dogs that had been outside and jumped on our bed with muddy feet. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise, it's been a really good day. What about you, man? How you been? Good. Parents are in town. Uh, they've been getting hanging out with the uh, the little guy, Mills. So uh, that's fun. And uh, yeah, he's doing great. Uh, getting some sleep. They've been uh, a big help to Natalie and I. So yeah, we definitely want to talk about uh, the Senior Bowl today. Obviously, the talk of the town is going to be the quarterbacks and everything uh, down there. Michael Penix Jr. Or not Jr. Just Michael Penix, not Jr. Uh, and Bo Nix, of course, as well. So yeah, going to be fun to talk about those guys. And uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat here as uh, we're starting to get everybody coming. And we got David Youngkin, who's almost always one of our first commenters in the show. He says, evening, everyone. Hope everything is going well. It's hard to say the Bron- what the Broncos are really going to do in the dra- with the draft. It is hard to say, and we got to get through free agency and everything that leads up to the draft first. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if all of Sutton, Judy, uh, Simmons and Bulls are still on the roster come the NFL draft. Uh, so that might change positions you're looking at, uh, the type of picks that you have. Also, would be pretty shocked if the Broncos only walk away with pick 12 and 76. I'm thinking there is going to be some level of movement. I'm hoping that they don't trade, you know, higher draft picks in the future to get better picks or p- picks today. Kind of what you saw with the Riley Moss trade where they gave up a third to do that, along with an early fourth last season. Didn't didn't love that at the time, but uh, yeah, definitely going to be hard to see what the Broncos, uh, hard to say what the Broncos are going to do with the draft. Uh, limited picks, they better freaking nail it. That's all I know. Let me ask you a question here. Is there a free agent quarterback 
realistic free agent quarterback. Let me say that because like Baker Mayfield, probably Kirk not going to happen for, yeah, Kirk Cousins. Those kind of guys are not going to happen. Is there anybody else that would make you go quarterback at 12, probably not happening? Like maybe mid-round guy, we'll, we'll start looking at that maybe for a future option. Is there one or two quarterbacks that you could see that make quarterback less of a, a real need heading into the draft? The only one that comes to mind for me, so like you, the heap of free agent quarterbacks, none of them should keep you from looking at a quarterback at 12 or 76 or trading somewhere around to get a quarterback. Uh, so that's your Jacoby Brissett. That's your Jimmy Garoppolo. That's your Jameis Winston. That is your Sam Darnold keeping Jarrett Stadium. You know, not, not really exciting out Gardner Minshew pro bowler Gardner Minshew nothing really exciting out there uh member Trevor Simeon was a pro bowl it doesn't really mean that much folks uh but sorry Trev but trading for Justin Fields is the one that would kind of change that dynamic there if you trade for Justin Fields and bring him in you're probably not using the 12th overall pick uh, on a quarterback you might have to use pick 12 somehow to finagle to get Justin Fields it wouldn't be 12 straight up but he's probably going to cost you know a second round pick and a future day two pick uh, to get him in there. So not sure exactly what that looks like, but he's the only one who comes to mind for me that should, would probably keep you out of the quarterback market in the immediacy. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, there's nobody that jumps off the page for me either of saying, yeah, I feel pretty good. If they're my starter, I'm, I'm very excited and I'm willing to wait for quarterback for 2025 kind of thing. If, If there's a guy that falls to you and you like him in this draft, you, you go ahead and take that player. Um, but I'm with you. I'd really not like to see them trade up. I know like you guys were talking about it this morning, a little bit on your show with Scott of there's some rumors out there. The Broncos are going to be really aggressive and trade up and try to go get their, their quarterback, whoever that may be. Um, you know, if they go get like Drake may, obviously I'm going to be very happy about the player, but depending on that cost, because I think you put on Twitter earlier today, the Broncos are not close to having the, all the pieces that you need to really compete in the NFL right now. Like a quarterback can get you to the playoffs, but you need a full roster to really make a team go. You know, you look at the 49ers right now, they they have a couple holes, don't get me wrong, but they have a very good roster around their quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, yes, he doesn't have great wide receivers, but he's got a good offensive line, he's got a running back, he's got a tight end, and he's got a great defense that can help him out. Like he doesn't have to go win the game by himself. I'm sorry, that offense wasn't great this last week for the Chiefs. They only scored 17 points, didn't score in the second half, and they still win that game. I'm not going to say that that is a Patrick Mahomes, you know, elite moment of his career kind of thing. I'm going to say that is a great game by the defense and partly Baltimore just deciding, hey, let's not do what's won all these games for us all year. Couldn't figure out the blitz. Couldn't figure out how to beat the blitz. Spagnola, man, a great, great defensive coordinator, unfortunately. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting with the quarterback stuff. I mean, I think Drake May would be one the Broncos would be interested in, but are you wanting to trade your first and third this year, a first next year, and Patrick Sertan to get up to two overall? Because that's probably about what it's going to cost. Uh, I don't know, man. That's That's so many eggs in one basket that if – that fails, uh, you are talking about six, seven years probably in the hole, unless, you know, you get lucky. Things can turn around quickly in the NFL. Uh, but just like, you know, talking about the Broncos being so many pieces away, well, you hit on a quarterback and things start to fall into place pretty well. But uh, you got you to hit on that pick, especially when you only have one pick 
in the top 75 right now. So good to see you, David. I uh, always appreciate you coming in. We got Mike S in the house and what's up, Carl, Nick, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. Dylan also saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in share and subscribe. If you haven't already Papa bear, David McElrath saying good evening, Broncos country, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Buckham three times, MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Nick, you have a beautiful family. Congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah, we made the, the hard launch uh, yesterday, officially announcing on social media that uh, our boy is here. Uh, Mills Monson, named after uh, Enos Mills, who is the founder of uh, Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park out there in uh, Colorado. So uh, shout out to you. One of our favorite uh, lakes and hikes in the world is uh, Mills Lake out there in Rocky Mountain National Park. So I don't know. I've Mills, people like Mills, haven't heard that one. It's cool. Thank you. That's yeah, that is. significant. Like it. It's better than Enos. Uh, we are the, when he's being bad, we call him Enos. Yeah, could be an Enos, but we got MBLE text prep coming in here. Good to see you. I'm here to party. So are we Kevin Sweet. Gray evening, Nick, Carl and Scott, big time mile high salute. good to see you. He says show should be good. Ready to kick back and listen. They definitely pour a cold one, have some fun. Stern guy comes in say hi. Also Scott, what's up with Nick's and any other guys had a chance to scout Scott's, in the background right now without a video, I guess I don't, I haven't checked the, uh, the chat going on here, but, uh, hopefully we'll get that going here. We got Daniel Barry sports coming in here saying, yo, good to see you. Always a fun to see you, uh, in here. We got Mike S good point, David, not really sure what's happening. Good to see you, Mike. Um, as I click away, things of course, jump on the screen for me. Uh, of course, Zach powers, good comment here from Zach powers. And I think we're gonna have to circle back to it because we can't No, actually we'll wait for Scott to get to the quarterback stuff ready. So, Quarterbacks on the docket, guys. We're going to get to it. But Zach Powers first says, a bunch of exciting guys in the Senior Bowl this year. The offensive line looks really deep. Some interesting defensive line and an impressive wide receiver group. Yeah, the thing that I took away from the Senior Bowl today is that this is going to be a pretty outstanding offensive line draft class overall. You don't have the top two guys. Actually, I mean, four of the top eight offensive tackles are not out there right now. You know, you got Jay, excuse me, five of the top, like nine. You don't have Olufashano out there. You don't have Joe Alt. You don't have, okay, I should say the schools. I've got to get better at that. Olufashano at Penn State. You don't have Joe Alt, Notre Dame. You don't have Troy Fashano from Washington. You don't have JC Latham from Alabama. You don't have Amarius Mims from Georgia. The offensive tackles still stood out today, Carl, especially yeah. guys like Tyler Guyton, Kingsley Sumiatru uh, from BYU, uh, and Talise Fuaga um, from Oregon State, all guys that have been pretty consistently mocked in the first round. And uh, I got to say, I'm starting to take a little bit of a shine to uh, Tyler Guyton. I know that Eric was, you know, it's not, he said the, the technique is not as good, but 6'7", 34 inch arm length, 330 pounds, and the dude floats. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it is, they don't build many people. There's not many people on earth with that athleticism and size profile. So uh, I don't know if the Broncos would take a tackle at 12, but uh, Tyler Guyton potentially on the short list if the top 10 guys are off the board. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Right, and I always say, look for the things that you can't coach. You know, you can't always coach a whole lot of athleticism. I mean, you can work with them. They can get bigger and stronger in the the weight room and things like that. But there's always going to be those guys who are just born athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, hey, look at that. Same cup. What? <laughs> That's that. pretty sweet. Uh, we did not plan that. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, you can't teach size. You know, some guys are just built different. Like, I'm sorry. I wish I was. I wish I was as tall as you. I really do. Six I'm one? always, yeah, I wish I was six one, like six foot. I'd take six foot, even five eleven. Um, I mean, I'm not short, short by any means, but I, I wish I had a couple more inches. Um, you know, I, I was five nine in sixth grade and I'm still five nine today. I went from tallest kid in my class to one of the the shortest guys in my class pretty darn quick because everybody else hit their growth spurt. And I thought, oh, if I'm this tall now, wait till I'm six five in high school and playing basketball. And obviously that didn't happen. And so, like I said, you can look at a guy like Guyton and you see he's got all these tools that you can work with and say, let's just mold this guy into the next great tackle. And right now, just seeing how the Broncos worked with the offensive line this year to really take a lot of those guys to their their next level. I feel pretty comfortable that this coaching staff could get the most out of a guy like Guyton. And, and, And it might not even be where he has to start this year. You know, we've talked about that some on the show before of you could keep bulls and you got McGlinchey on the other side that you're going to have to keep no matter what, because of contract. And so you could give Guyton a year to go learn the position and be a nice little swing tackle in case somebody gets hurt. And then boom, he comes onto the scene the next year, really emerging for you as that left or right tackle, wherever you want to put him. Yeah. Jim Nagy compared him to Tyron Smith uh, coming out of uh, USC, obviously in that uh, fantastic 2000, 11 draft class and uh, played right tackle out there at USC and uh, was really raw uh, and developed into one of the best two left tackles of the last decade. Probably. I don't know if I'm there on Tyler Guyton. He didn't give up a single sack this year. Some of it's big 12. Some of it's the offense they played in, but he is a, he's something else. I'm still, still raw, but the athletic tools, I mean, just watching him and Talese Fuaga side by side, Fuaga's got better balance right now. Definitely stronger hands, better in the run game doesn't move the same. Uh, if you're looking for that pass protector with the immense uh, pass protection upside for uh, Guyton glides, it is pretty impressive to watch. I mean, other conversation here, the other guy, uh, one of the biggest stock ups today on the offensive line, uh, Jackson powers Johnson. I've got to get the name JPJ. That's what I think of Oregon <laughs> center. First year starting this year, Remington award winner, best center in football. Uh, not the longest guy, but 320 pounds and just dominated today uh if you broncos are looking to build a team in the image of dan campbell's detroit lions 
I think the most underrated guy on that entire team is probably center Frank Ragnow. I mean, everybody loves Penny Sewell and this stuff, but Frank Ragnow is the, the heartbeat of the offense even. And uh, if you want to try to get that long-term center, and it's, I don't, I'm not the biggest proponent of first round offensive interior offensive line. I also think no way you take him at 12, but if you trade down and you're talking, you know, pick 25 to 40. Yes. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be a really good player and maybe not the most contractual upside, but he was dominant today. Hell of a player. There are some really good tackles and centers in this class. That's my biggest takeaway watching so far. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I saw somebody post about his senior bowl practice. They said, nobody has a perfect practice, but he about had the closest you've ever seen. Yeah. And, you know, I saw the one-on-one drills and his ability to actually, you know, put his foot down, hold his position, or at least get a guy moving to the side if he does lose a little bit of spot. Um, it, It was. It was really nice to see. And being able to lock in that offensive line with a, a younger player, he'd be a day one starter impact player for you. Uh, that that would be huge for the Broncos. Like I said, if they, if they trade back, yeah, 12, little rich for my blood at yeah. that point. Um, yes, he's still going to be a day one starter. And I think he's going to be a long-term solution for you. But yeah, if you trade back, that that's a great one to go after. Yeah, he's pretty darn good. Uh, you also have the Washington, West Virginia center um not going with the injury separate injury but he's been going through walkthroughs and whatnot and he just he sounds like an absolute dude both these guys you know what their other sport was besides football carl wrestling both of them just phenomenal wrestlers in high school too so folks out there if you want your kids to be good football players uh any sort of an mma martial arts kind of stuff where you're working that hand fighting the technique wrestling also leverage 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 gary palmer leveraging us here whatever that means says what's up guys i watched the video on nixon i was impressed yeah we're gonna get into the quarterbacks here in a bit uh gary thank you so much for the 999 we really appreciate you phil mclaughlin coming in saying good evening nick and carl and absent deacon scott yeah scott's dealing with that classic mobile wi-fi maybe we need to you know chip in to get him a place with uh, maybe coming in from a starbucks or something down there well, maybe Nagy can hook him up uh but he says good evening what do you guys think about Neil Johnson, the raging Cajun fuck on MHH for life and go Broncos. I got to be on, honest with you, Phil. You thank you for the question and the super chat. Neil Johnson. It's not somebody who's on my radar as I'm just sitting here without a list in front of me trying to do this live. So he, he's a tight end okay. um, about six, four two fifty. Um, honestly, I haven't watched a whole lot of him by any means. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I haven't got to a, a lot of the tight ends. I got the top couple guys, but not, not anybody beyond that. So um, definitely a name I'll put on my list and, and we'll get back to you on that one, Phil. For senior bowl tight ends, a guy that I was excited to watch coming in. I think when I, again, I haven't spent too much on the tight ends yet, uh, but Theo Johnson from Penn state, uh, he impressed me. He's got, but he's just body beautiful, you know, six, six, two sixty, and they use him in every single spot at Penn state. He moves well. Uh, I think he can develop into a really good wide tight end. If he tests as well as he looks out there, I wouldn't be surprised if he rockets up the boards in a very thin tight end class. I mean, just total opposite of last year where you had guy after guy this year after Brock Bowers. Ugh, ugh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Theo Johnson, definitely one I think can end up being a starter out there. Also was impressed with uh, Jared Wiley today, tight end from TCU. I thought he had some good reps, but it's just day one. And it's also just practice. We're taking a lot from it, but uh, what can you do? We felt uh, we got Michael Ronquillo also saying good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Michael. Hope you're doing well. Always appreciate you coming in. Always love the support. Morning, evening, Falcons, Broncos. It's uh, Michael's here for us to support us. We appreciate that. Uh, the draft time Broncos country 
coming in here with the picture of uh, Roger Goodell with the NFL crest in the background uh, says uh, Marshall University running back Ali popped off to me. I have such a hard time with running backs at these events because it's just not really good game situation. I think running back is honestly probably one of the hardest slash you get the least information from the position in the senior bowl. It's much more of a game evaluation because you can't really judge the vision so much, the broken tackle ability. Uh, you kind of figure out some of the stuff in the past game. Uh, but uh, I know Ali had a good show out today, but I don't tend to take too much from your stack linebackers and your running backs in the senior bowl practice setting, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's one, those one-on-ones are set up for an offensive player to be successful. I I take a lot more from, from if an offensive player isn't successful in those drills, kind of going, okay, what's going on? Why weren't they successful? Um, you know, like wide receiver Levette was one today. I think he went over four on one-on-one drills where he, and a couple of more overthrows by the quarterback, but he wasn't getting any kind of separation. And so for me, it kind of goes, oh, that, that kind of stinks when I'm, he was a guy I was kind of excited to watch this week. Mm-hmm. to see how he'd handle this kind of setup. Um, and so for day one, not not a good place for him. But you're right, for running backs, it is. It's really hard to really truly evaluate what they bring to the table in these kind of drills because they're not usually supposed to tackle completely to the ground during practices. A lot of them, they're not going 100%. You know, they're just more trying to go through, okay, this is how we're trying to set this up. And just trying to see if players can handle running through actual plays and getting down what they're supposed to be doing from a play to play basis. Yeah. So we'll see in the, the, the practice of course, uh, or in the game setting, we can really get a better idea of the, uh, the running backs and the linebackers and the run fits and safeties uh, as well. But really the one-on-ones you're going to be able to glean a lot from how does the quarterback look uh, throwing the ball into tight spaces and uh, anticipatory throws wide receivers versus defensive backs and, the trench warfare uh, going on down here. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, what always makes me thinking about trench warfare, Carl pizza. Those guys love themselves some pizza. And so do we here at uh, building the Broncos. That's right. So we, we want to make sure that you guys make little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day guys. Again, I, I every Sunday getting the chance to watch these playoff games. I know they haven't been going our way lately as Bronco fans, Um, But at least something that can brighten your day is getting yourself a pizza, eating some good food. So make sure you guys are ordering online during our pizza pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday and get ready for some football and fun. Yeah, of course, it's always a winning combination. I love the crazy bread, you know, get some marinara sauce in it. I like, you know, a little garlic dipping sauce as well, if you can. And now they have stuffed crazy bread to go with, you know, their fantastic uh, pepperoni pizza. You can get two or three of those. I mean, one per guy. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of like a, an adult male sleepover, but they're, you know, they're sleeping bags with a whole pizza in front of them watching the football games. Definitely. It could be sponsored by little Caesar uh, with that. And it's always a winning combination. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with a convenient delivery in our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the upcoming Super Bowl in just a few weeks and heck do it. Grab a few slices and uh, pizzas for the uh, senior bowl practices as well. Why not? We're all having fun. We're watching football right now. Uh- 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, we have uh, Nicholas coming in saying, hey guys, have a good show. Got to go to work. But we'll see you on the other end. Hopefully you're doing well. Uh, we have Michael Montoya coming in and said, if we move up, we should go with the right guy no matter who he is. Michael, if you could tell me who the right guy is, uh, <laughs> you should be running in the front office because, yeah. you know, I've sometimes a lot of, I mean, the Broncos, I don't know if you saw the interview a few days ago with somebody from the Giants front office, uh, but the Broncos tried really hard in that uh, 2013, 2018 draft uh, to move up for Sam Darnold, and the Giants wouldn't pick up the phone, and the uh, rest is history. The Broncos got uh, Bradley Chubb and didn't trade up for Sam Darnold. Obviously should have taken Allen or Lamar in hindsight, but uh, you know, it's hard to pick the right guy. Uh, you never know, and uh, that's one reason that uh, you know I'm not as high on the, the Knicks slash Penix slash McCarthy at 12 bandwagon as some folks. Uh, but you know, I wasn't at super high on Josh Allen because I was weary of the process struggling, you know, kind of volatile quarterback. And sometimes guys are just dudes. I, I don't know. Quarterback's hard. So uh, if you can pick yeah. the right guy, Michael, God bless you. Uh, please tell me so I can make some money. Right. Well, and I still think of, you know, even the couple drafts before that, when the Broncos took Paxton Lynch, you know, there was two other teams that were fighting to go get Paxton Lynch, Cowboys and Chiefs. So I know everybody looks at them and goes, oh, look at how genius they were to go get Patrick Mahomes and, and Dak Prescott. Well, they were also trying to get Paxton Lynch, too. So it, it is very much a guessing game. Sometimes the, the best move is the move that you don't end up getting to make. You know, maybe it was best the Broncos didn't get a trade up and take a, a Sam Darnold. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he would have worked here. Well, it, it's always hard to completely tell on some of that. I, I don't think that was completely the case. Um, but... Sometimes the guy you think for sure is going to be that next guy gets to the NFL. And like you said, he just can't quite hack it from that transition from college to the NFL. It's a big jump. It's hard, man. Quarterback evaluation. If it was easy, there would not be bust and there are busts of that every year, but you got to play the game too. At the same time, eventually you have to take the swing uh, at 12 though. It's pretty hard for where the Broncos are at. So we'll see. Uh, we got Patrick coming in. Aloha to you, Patrick. He says, Aloha boys out there in Honolulu. Appreciate you with all the lion coffee support. Richie Rich coming in saying, uh, great to see you both. Good to see you, Richie Rich. Uh, with a deeper offensive line class, is it time to stock up, or do you focus on the defensive line, defensive tackle, and aim and grab a good to great offensive line a bit later? I think it's a really good offensive tackle class, but I expect it to go dry at about pick 50 to 60. I'm, I think, like, I don't know, a fourth, a fifth of the first 40 picks are going to be guys that they're going to try at offensive tackle first but I'm thinking those guys are going to be snatched up just because the defensive line class and the edge rushers are 
not great uh, this year, just the defensive class in general. So I think that while it is deeper, uh, I don't expect you to have great options at offensive tackle if you don't use one at 12 or in that range before pick 76. So if you're looking at interior offensive line, you can always find interior offensive line late. Uh, granted, again, find the right ones. It's harder, easier said than done. Uh, but tackle, I think tackle is going to dry up uh, by yeah. by the end of the second round. And I would say tackle is one of those positions. Most of the time, NFL teams get it pretty right at that position. Like they, they know these are the guys that are the top tier guys. Because, I mean, there's just certain body types, athleticism that you need at that position to survive in today's NFL. And there's only a handful of people that can fit that criteria from one draft to the next. Now, this happens to be one of those, like you said, it's a little bit deeper. But that just means teams are going to go, we got to get our guy this year. Yep. First round tackles are still first round tackles. You might see guys push down, you know, 10 slots in a deeper class, but it's it's such a needed position. And a lot of these guys are versatile too. If they don't work at tackle, they'll work at guard. So I just, I know it's deeper, but I think it's deeper in a sense that you're going to see a lot more picks early versus, you know, we're getting a top 40 graded guy at pick 76. I just, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, so I'm honestly, again, uh, I think as soon as I have a kid, I become this tackle boomer, Carl. I don't know what's going on, but I would love to trade back from 12 and get a few more top 100 picks and just toss a bunch of resources on the offensive and defensive line developmental positions, ones that you're probably not going to get the benefits for until, you know, 2026. Uh, but it's probably, I mean, just be, I'll be honest with you guys. I do not think this is a very good Broncos roster. I think they got, they played a little bit over their talent level this last year, thanks to coaching and some fortunate turnover luck and injury luck. Uh, and I, th- I expect some regression in the win loss next season. So I think that, you know, know who you are, uh, build a team. That's hopefully going to be a little bit better by 2025, 2026. And that means fortifying the trenches with guys who are going to take some lumps their rookie season first, you know, 18 games or so, but then hopefully develop into quality starters. Um, you know, and th- you think back to like Garrett Bowles, right? Top 20 pick first three years in the NFL. Like, Oh my God, this guy sucks. He's a bust. <laughs> He's developed into a pretty good left tackle, at least league average left tackle. Uh, He's expensive now. He's old, and he might want to maybe turn the room over a little bit. Maybe he's not exactly what you want there. Uh, But offensive line, if you're drafting one early this season, you're not really drafting them to be, you know, this huge difference maker year one. It's more, you know, second half of that rookie contract. So that lines up with where I think this team is at, and it lines up with where the Broncos are in my perspective. The only thing that's hard is that if Bulls is here, you don't really have an obvious path to the field, but you know what? I don't care. I think it's valuable enough. And with where I want them to go, I'd, I'd still be looking. Right. Well, and if you can't go get your quarterback in this draft, you want to go find their long-term protector. I mean, th- that would be, or yeah, or pass catcher. Yeah. I shouldn't discount that by any means, you know, try to set it up. So when you do make that, take that chance on your quarterback, you've got something here for them. That it's not, uh, I mean, since we've been talking about him, Sam Darnold going to the Jets, and you're like, hey, welcome to the team. You're going to be the starting quarterback behind one of the worst offensive lines in football with no weapons. Yay, good luck out there. Go be successful. I mean, Mac Jones, the last, he looked good as rookie year in the last two years. Oh, my God. He is just, he's destroyed. He's ruined. (laughs) Yeah. And there's, again, there's nothing around him to really work with a whole lot there. So, um I think that there's got to be that balance. Like, yes, you need to go find your quarterback because if you don't have it, you don't have a whole lot on your team. 
you know, it's going to be hard to be successful season in, season out uh, without that quarterback in place. But then again, like I said, if you don't have anything for that quarterback, it's why Tom Brady wanted out of New England because he's like, you guys, I've, I've got nothing. I've got Julian Edelman and then nothing else. And it's just not enough to compete. And I mean, that's one of the, that's, you could argue the top quarterback in all of football history, pretty much pointing towards that. And then he goes to Tampa Bay and boom, has all these weapons, goes and wins another Super Bowl. Yeah. Your train doesn't leave the station until you have a quarterback, but you don't want your train to leave the station when you aren't filled your train with passengers, right? You're, you're, if you have draft that rookie quarterback and the clock starts and you're only carrying, you know, two carts of coal or let's make it something more green energy. I don't know. Wind turbine blades, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a, uh, that's not a really, you still have to, you know, have the quarterback eventually, but I don't know. You don't want to waste the rookie contract either, but sometimes it's not, it doesn't always align perfectly. Carl, I think that I'm, you know, a lot of people really want that quarterback and the season's going to be terrible. If you don't have one, probably going to be terrible no matter who you have at center, because I think the roster is poor enough unless you can get up to get Caleb Williams or trade for Dak Prescott or something. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, SP, the Ned master coming in here saying, Nick, your favorite fisherman's here. Well, that's, I see him in this camera right now. It's me. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Uh, Ned master says, uh, let's go Bronco love. What are we doing so far? We're talking about the senior bowl and we need to get into the quarterbacks here pretty soon. Good to see you. SP master, uh, Ned master. We got Sony Staley coming in here. Sonny Staley saying, are there rumors about the Broncos trying to tra- move up to the number one pick in the draft? True. I think the Broncos are exploring avenues to move up for a quarterback. And I expect them to, be left on uh be left on red uh from all the top guys let's say i think the one thing that could change it is if let's say the commanders take Jaden daniels at two i think there's a possibility the broncos then get really aggressive to move up to three for a drake may uh would the patriots do that they probably just sit there and take drake may uh, but um uh, i think there's a possibility uh if that happens the other unfortunate thing is that i mean i've heard mel kuyper talk about it a lot uh, he says that this year's draft class, there's the nifty offensive nine, uh, which is, you know, your top three quarterbacks, your top four pass catchers, and your top two offensive tackles. Broncos are outside of that range. So I think a team at one or two wanted to trade back, probably going to say Denver, you're too far back. We were not going to be able to get one of those offensive tackles, wide receivers that we'd still want in trading back. So I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see. Terry and Arnold, Dallas Turner, maybe one of these other tackles moves up. Th- things can change. Uh, but um uh, yeah, Broncos, I'm sure they'll be interested in moving up, but I just don't see them having the the capital to pull it off. I'm unfortunately there with you. I, I know I've seen a few people talking about, you know, PS2. Would the Broncos trade him? Well, it might be that that has to be the piece you use. It's the one valuable piece you actually have on the roster right now to be able to make this kind of move um, because you don't have the draft picks. So you're going to have to get creative with this, and he might have to be that that one guy. Now, if it means you go get your quarterback, it's worth it. I know PS2, great player, and I want him to be here in Denver for for his career. Um, but it, again, if it's the difference between getting your quarterback and not getting your quarterback, I'm making that move. And yeah. talking about a move here, Phil coming in with some stars saying, one more I like, Lad McConkey. I love that name. Uh, from Georgia, and he's a great player. So – he is, he's one of those players. He's grown on me through this process. When I first watched him, I was like, ah, I don't like this guy. And I, you know, usually I like route runners. You know me, that's like mm-hmm. my thing. I love those guys that actually are pretty technical and getting in and out of breaks and getting separation. Um, but when I first watched him, like I said, I just, I was like, eh, he'd be okay. 
I'm not sure that he's going to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. But the more I've watched him, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, he's he's a lot more nuanced than I, I thought he was. And I think he's got a little bit more speed than I thought he did. He's got better hands than I thought he did. Um, you know, he's not just a good route runner. I think he's a very smart player. He knows how to sit in zones when you need him to. He can go make the tough catch for you. I think he's got enough speed. I don't think he's going to be the fastest guy by any means. He's not going to blow by people. Um, mm-hmm. But as a as a number two kind of wide receiver for you, kind of an all-around guy that can go do some things for you, I think he's a decent player in this draft. I, I don't have him as high as a lot of other people. What do you have in I, I would I would feel comfortable taking him in the third round. I've seen some people have him as a top 50 player. Okay. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I I think probably talking about top 50 myself, uh, definitely day two. Want to see how he tests in the end. Uh, I'm, I appreciate how violent he is in and out of his breaks. Uh, that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, he can really throttle down and he's using, you know, the head fake, the arms. I mean, he's really uh, nuanced in that and violent uh, in his ability to create that separation. Inside, outside versatility too. So if you're looking for a team, you know, 11 personnel, uh, he's going to find a way on the field. So really do like Ladd McConkey. He's a, he's a heck of a player. Um, yeah. I know you see him, you know, not the biggest guy and like, Oh, this, you know, walk on at Georgia. No, he's kid can ball. Uh, and I'm expecting to him have to continue to have a good time out there in mobile. Some other wide receivers who uh, stood out today from, you know, my viewing mostly today, I'll be honest, watched offensive and defensive line because the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Ricky Pearsall um, from wide receiver from Florida. I know uh, was definitely turning some heads out there. I uh, had some, uh, some real big, uh, standouts um today and also a uh, roman wilson kind of a another guy kind of like mcconkey you know more maybe more slop but can do some z stuff uh from michigan uh, out there michigan not a high volume passing offense uh he definitely was again not an x guy not the big body type not an incredible athlete but can get open and roman wilson also had a good day today so um yeah at some point we'll have scott's thoughts on a lot of these guys as well i know he's doing more trench stuff i think today he said but uh those are the three that i from who i've spoken with stood out today at wide receiver Jamari Thrash is another one that I've heard a couple had a couple nice plays today. I wouldn't say he was consistent, but I had a couple nice plays down the field. Yeah, he's uh so small. This thing you need. I think Broncos need to get a little bit bigger there. I mean, I feel like yeah, you know, Jerry Judy outside of Cortland Sutton, who are your big guys? I mean, Mims is the only guy for sure here, and he's kind of your already diminutive, small, trying to figure out gadget uses for him and also down the field stuff. But I don't know. We'll see. Definitely, Broncos could use wide receiver. I do think that wide receivers are more day one ready and more likely to be found every year. Now that doesn't make them valuable, but it's not like offensive tackle this year, where if you don't take one, you might be sitting there with, you know, last guy, last call next year at the bar. And Oh God, we need to tackle. We have to move on from Glenchy. Let's reach on this guy. Uh, you don't want to be in that situation. So, right. I would say wide receivers way less likely to be that than offensive tackle given what we've seen the last decade, but 
We'll see a year to year. Who knows? Mark from yeah. Georgia. Come in a bit, Mark. Good to see you talking about McConkie earlier says, uh, what's up guys. Good to see you, Mark. We got Pearl heater in the house too. Hope you're doing well. Uh, always appreciate Pearl that we've really liked that, uh, loom woven blanket you sent uh, for the little guy. So appreciate you so much. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, really shout out to you. That's a really, really nice of you to do that. We got, I see this one coming here. Hulk Hogan, Drake mania. We'll be running wild in the mile high city, Jack. <laughs> I, I don't know how that was, but you guys can let me know or, you know, cancel me. I don't know if it was too bad, it's but uh, appreciate the Hulk Hogan coming in here uh, and the, uh, the positivity <laughs> on all of that. Uh, do you have any other standouts today from the, uh, from the senior bowl. Obviously I talked a lot about, uh, Talese Fuaga had a heck of a day today. Ex- excited to see him. I thought he had some pretty good reps against first round pick, uh, future first round pick Leatu Latu, uh, who had mostly a good day today besides his reps against Fuaga and, uh, Fuaga also, uh, beat him, beat him up pretty good in the UCLA Oregon state game earlier this year. So much so that, uh, UCLA flipped Latu from uh, rushing the right tackle to the left tackle in that game. So if you get a chance to watch Oregon, uh, Oregon state, UCLA, check out that matchup to see it in actual game reps. Uh, anybody else though? I mean, the, the tackles were good. Uh, center was good. So it's good offensive line class. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'll talk about a couple defensive linemen. Um, it sounded like the guys who played for Texas, Texas teams, sorry, I should say, um, you know, Jackson McKinley had a couple nice reps that I, I saw uh, Devondre sweat. He's not going to be a great pass rusher for you by any means, but he definitely was was pushing people back. Um, I saw a couple reps with him where he was he would definitely move the 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 line of scrimmage, and that that's a big deal that the Broncos didn't have this last year. Um, and then I was trying to remember there's there's one other that really stuck out. He also, the, the kid, he also played a lot of snaps. Taylor. Oh, uh, Hall, I think his name is. Yeah, Hall. Yeah. Um, he was another one that had some some really nice reps today as well. So, um, you know, I I think that's one group I was really hoping would have a couple more guys emerge because it has been so meh when I'm watching a lot of these defensive linemen so far. You know, you've got a couple of them that you're like, okay, you know, you're, you're Murphy. That's going to probably be your top guy that's taken at that position. Um, you know, there's maybe a couple others, but but for the most part, it is. It's a pretty weak defensive line class. So getting a couple more guys that could become at least a little something, at least, at least another nice rotation piece for you. Um, now, whether they make it to the Broncos where you'd be comfortable taking them, I don't know. It might just be a position you have to go free agency and just say we're going to have to live with that and pay some money to make this a better position. And, and I'd be okay with that because it is a position that takes a while to develop anyway. But it, it's just... Broncos can't go back out there with what they did this last year by any means. Might be a lean year. We'll see a uh, lack of draft picks. I mean, you're kind of talking about, we were just talking about the offensive tackles. You draft those guys and it's two years down the line where they really start to make their impact. Well, what happened to the Broncos draft picks, you know, two years ago last year, right? We didn't have many early picks and you're going to really start to probably start to feel that on the roster this season on top of the lack of picks and capital this season. So, I don't know. It's uh, they're going to have to hit well above average on a lot of those undrafted free agent, you know, veteran minimum guys. And that's a hard way to live in the NFL, but we'll see. Uh, we got the original dizzy D coming in here with a $5 super, the original dizzy D good to see you. ODD uh, says perfect scenario, trade back into the twenties, get Oregon quarterback bonix and get a second round pick. We don't have as well as an extra fifth round pick. 
Draft capital is crucial for Sean Payton. Playoffs bound 2024 and 2025. I would not be against any of this. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not. I don't love the idea of Knicks at 12. I definitely don't love the idea of trading up for Knicks as well. Uh, but if he's your guy, so be it. Uh, who am I to you know, tell Sean Payton that he'd be wrong on that one? Uh, I just have questions about you know some of the, the arm talent and uh, some of the throws, a lot of empty calories throws on there for, for the stats out there at Oregon. Uh, but he seems like a smart quarterback and he does have some ability to work the middle of the field. And he's a, he's a good body build as well. I appreciate, you know, the six two two twenty five thick guys. Uh, Cause you're going to have, have to be able to, you know, be tough in the pocket, not crumple. Uh, so I don't know. I'd be okay with this. I wouldn't be super stoked about the future of Knicks. Like when I look at Knicks, when I'm looking at a first round quarterback, I'm like, okay, if I close my eyes, can I ever picture this guy being a perennial, no doubt, top eight quarterback in the NFL. I don't really see it with Knicks. I think he could end up being, you know, one of the best 16 quarterbacks in the NFL, but does that make, I don't see a franchise guy, but he can get you over some of the cap hump here. And I've been wrong on quarterbacks before. Don't look back. God bless. Uh, so we'll see. <laughs> God, don't, I don't, uh, but uh, we'll definitely see. I thought Knicks was solid today, but didn't look like a no doubt first rounder uh, to me either. I, I think, and of course, I mean, teammates are always going to talk highly of each other. Um, but seeing Jackson Powers Johnson get interviewed with them, like he and Nick's were kind of, I think they were interviewed together and they're asking Nick's about his playing kind of in a, a simplified system. And he kind of, you know, gave a nice little answer. And then his teammate came over and was like, I don't think you understand who this kid is. Like he is an offensive coordinator. He's teaching the offensive linemen how to play offensive line. He's mm -hmm. teaching the wide receivers how to play wide receiver, tight ends, running backs. You know, he said he's telling them all how to do their job because he knows the offense so well. And now he's, well, actually he hasn't been in this system that long. Um, he's had five offensive coordinators in the last five years. So it's been a little bit different. Obviously the Oregon system's kind of been the same for the last couple of years, but um that, that was something that kind of stuck out to me when he was talking about that. And I was reading some other, some of the other coaches were talking about how they see for, um, for Knicks in the future, a good chance to become a coach. And that's always a big thing when I hear that about a quarterback, because that means yeah. they know that they, they do well learning and they can teach others how to do these kind of things. And when you're talking about a Sean Payton offense, you need high intelligence to be able to do what he wants you to do as a quarterback. Now you're right. Arm talent. It's not the best. It's probably maybe sixth, seventh in this class, maybe even worse than that, depending. I, I, Out of I mean, the top got, quarterbacks, it's definitely worse than Caleb Williams. It's yeah. definitely worse than it's different. Okay. It's hard to say it's worse. It's less velocity than Michael Penix, but I think he's got a little bit more ability to throw off different bases and different arm slots than Penix. Right. Like Penix is like a pitcher. Right, like he's on the mound, he's pitching it. Great. You force him off that spot, it gets a little bit funky for him. Uh, definitely worse though than Drake May. Uh, definitely worse than I say. It's definitely worse than JJ McCarthy too. Maybe it's better than Jaden Daniels, but like Jaden Daniels is so electric as a runner, and right. I also think he's much better in uh, this year at least showing anticipatory throws, uh, throwing guys actually throwing guys open. So not not an amazing arm, but you're right. Um, just your point about Bo Nix. I believe it was Joel Klatt. Uh, I want to give credit to him. He's talking about the quarterbacks and the Heisman and Oregon does a really good job of like making those like, you know, 
movie level hype clips um, for, for games and whatnot and like review of games. And there's one of the coaches on the sideline being like, Oh, wait a second. What, what did he check into? What's he doing? I, said, I don't know. He's going to get us in the right spot. So they have enough trust in Bo Nix and the offense that he has rain for, to make the plays. And they're like, okay, well he, he knows what he's doing on that one. We're going to be okay with it. Now, granted, it's not the most complex offense in terms of reads uh, out there with what they do, but still that's a lot of control and value and trust in a quarterback. Now he's going to be 24 years old. The most, starts of a quarterback in college football history. That's <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, but yeah, I could, I could see it again. I'm not in love with it, but I think he could be a good enough quarterback, especially one that could be value on the rookie cost control. That's one thing too. If you're looking yeah. for somebody to come in and be okay and pretty much like who can you bet on to be good to go year one, Bonix would probably be up there. I don't know what the upside is, but uh, you could find somebody who's pretty good. Yeah. I, Ceiling wise, there, there'd probably be a lot more quarterbacks I'd put above him, you know, like JJ McCarthy, I'd probably put his ceiling above him, but from a, a day one contributor, I think Bo Nix is one of the few guys in this draft class that could come in and Sean Payton could feel comfortable enough to have him go out there and start, you know, that, that's going to be a big thing is that there's not been a lot of really young quarterbacks that have been able to grasp Sean Payton's system. It's why, I mean, obviously, Drew Brees was there for a lot of years. But even after Drew Brees left, he leaned into veteran quarterbacks that would be able to step in, learn his system. Um, not saying that they wouldn't have gone with a rookie quarterback if there's one. I mean, they were usually drafting later anyway. But still, I think he he likes that ability that he doesn't have to kind of hold your hand through the entire process. And I think that kind of frustrated him throughout this year, especially with Russell Wilson. You know, he. he he didn't pick Russell Wilson. It was kind of, he was handed to him and Wilson was having trouble grasping this offense. And you could tell like, that's the most frustrated I've ever seen Sean Payton on a sideline. And I watched plenty of, of saints games. I don't remember him yelling at quarterbacks on the sidelines like that, that he did with Russell Wilson, but we got Mike Edel coming in with a $10 super saying, Hey, Nick and Carl, I really believe who the coaching staff is makes a huge difference in a young quarterback's development leading to this. What are your thoughts on Carmichael? Go MHH. I was going to ask this about this because um, they they were talking about it earlier today when he was hired. Um, obviously, Carmichael being there for the pretty much all of Sean Payton's time with the Saints. I think he was actually there the entire time from 2006 on. Um, they've talked about he, how he was one of the really core pieces and really getting the offense across to Drew Brees. And um, so I, I do. I think this is a great pickup for the Broncos. And I know a lot of people have been like, oh, no, the Broncos are turning into the Denver Saints. And they're getting all these yes men that just want to come over and and pat Sean Payton on the back and tell him how great he is. And I'm going, no, you have to remember, all these guys are coming from a very big time winning organization. Like they were pretty much in the playoffs almost every single year that he was a coach there. Like if this was the, the Raiders or... Um, I'm trying to, you know, the Texans before this year, you know, if, if they were coming from that kind of organization where it's been losing over and over again, I would agree with you. But when we're talking about coming from a winning organization, I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, I, I don't mind it either. Uh, they've been good together. Uh, Carmichael and uh, Lombardi and Peyton. You got to bring in guys you're comfortable with, right? That's one thing I think big takeaway I had from this uh, last year's Panthers team was they brought in all these guys and they all, by themselves, the coaches look like stars. Like it looked like great staff under Frank Reich. 
didn't have trust with each other. And once things started to go a little bit wrong and it's the NFL, you're going to have adversity. They kind of, you know, it sounded reports are they kind of recluse finger pointing just wasn't a very cohesive coaching staff uh, that didn't think they had each other's backs. Uh, so if you have offensive guys who trust each other, they can be on the same page. You know, they don't have to, you know, relearn what each other are comfortable with. They know what they're looking for. So I think it's a good get. Um, even if it is, you know, just kind of robbing again from the saints. Fine. It worked for new Orleans out there. So get Sean Payton who he wants. You're all in on Sean Payton. I mean, if George Payton's fired, be moving on from odds are moving on from Russell Wilson, George Payton on the hot seat without a doubt. This is Sean Payton's team and the onus falls on him. Uh, so give him who he wants. And if he fails, no excuses. Uh, that's, that's on him. I know oh, the roster was terrible. Well, you know, you went out and you spent some, you spend a lot of money short term on a team that maybe shouldn't have been spending those contracts last off season. And here we are, you traded up and gave away future draft picks to go get a special teams cornerback in the third round when he could have used a two, uh, contracts there rather than one. So we'll see, uh, but I I'm all about uh, him going in and bringing in his guys that make him comfortable with, uh, Phil McLaughlin coming in saying, uh, how many picks are we going to wind up with? I'm hoping nine. It really depends on what happens with a lot of those Broncos uh, potential guys that could be traded. I expect right now, if they don't trade up, I think 12 is a good spot to move back if you want. So like, if you don't love Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy and somebody picking pick, heck, could be even the Saints at 14, but pick 14 through 20, wants to come up and get those quarterbacks, God bless. Come up and get it. We're going to have a chance at an edge rusher. We're going to have a chance at a cornerback. We're going to have a chance at an offensive lineman. Uh Maybe that second tier pass catcher, although I would rather wait until day two if you miss out on the top three wide receivers personally. Right. Uh, but um, I think that would be the move. But are we, what are we going to see with these guys? We mentioned Simmons, Bowles, uh, Judy, and Sutton. Maybe also you're shopping one of uh, Browning slash Cooper as well because both those guys are going to be on the last year of their contract. Maybe it's only, you know, a six round pick for that, but still you're resetting the contract there. So, uh, I think you'd probably get a little bit more for Browning, but who knows? Um, it's definitely interesting. I'm hoping for what matters to me. I mean, honestly, this sounds not, not lame, but what matters to me is top 100, top 125 picks. So if you have nine picks, but six of them are like in round six and seven, you don't have nine picks. I'm sorry, right. uh, especially in this class. I just don't think it's the, the other Jim Nagy, a bunch of people uh, talking about like, ah, Late day three this year is pretty crappy. Uh, like after the you know, start of the fifth round, you're talking about UDFA grades. Uh, so I don't know if you want to be full of late day three picks. I think I'd rather, you know, accumulate top 100, top 125 picks. That's where the value is. Those guys are way more likely to be starters, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. And also if you're not getting your quarterback taking 2025 picks, so mm-hmm. you have more for the next year to really go get your guy. I'm, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's delayed gratification, and that that's hard for a lot of people. We want results now, but sometimes it's worth that wait. And we got, oh, my goodness, we got James Moss coming in with $100. Woo, turning it red. No thought, just showing some love. That is a lot of love. We really appreciate that. That is, uh, that is great to see. Yeah, I mean, God bless you, man. The diaper funds, they really do go through those, Carl. I can't even believe it. Uh, it's constantly doing laundry and changing diapers. It's it's a, it's a life uh, and no sleep. It's a, it's it's something. I got good sleep last night, though, so God bless. Um, I need to now remember water. That's the next one. Uh, thank you so much, James. We appreciate you coming in. Dennis Chandler says, where do we want Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, and Russell Wilson to end up so we have a better shot at a rookie quarterback? Oh, man, uh, let me pull up Tankathon here. Real quick, just because you're probably you teams that pick out the top this year, likely to pick out the top next year. 
I think you'd want one of them to go to Atlanta, although I think Atlanta will be better than this next season. Uh, you definitely want somebody to go to Minnesota. You'd love somebody to go to Vegas and maybe the Steelers as well. I don't know which which one, which I don't know, but uh, those are the teams where probably looking for a quarterback early next season. Yeah. I'm, While still having an be, opening. Right. I think that those would probably be your ones. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others. Seattle could be interesting for a quarterback situation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving forward. Yep. Dennis also mm. said on top of his super chats here, a lot of us thought George Payton would probably be out at the end of the season. What do you think has changed? I think that the timeline for front office is different than coaching staff and players. A lot of times you have front offices let go after the draft. So George Payton is still very much on job watch for him. I know that reports, I think Schefter, somebody reported that Payton is safe for now. So we'll see. But uh, I, if it's going to happen, I would be looking, you know, after the draft in April where you have a clean cut. I mean, you already have the front office in here. They've been putting in the work all season, the scouts and whatnot. You've been working together. If it's happening, it'll probably happen after the draft. I mean, haven't seen too many uh, end of season GM firings that weren't, you know, way, way before uh, the end of the season. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, and I, I think obviously having a whole year of working together between Peyton and Peyton, um, maybe they do see more eye to eye than a lot of people thought in the beginning. And maybe George Peyton is okay with, um, with his role because right now it really is ownership Sean Payton, George Payton, and maybe even George Payton isn't third. There might be a couple other guys in between there before you get to him. Um, so obviously he's he's okay with being in that kind of position at this time. Um, and maybe Sean Payton's like, well, if you're going to be okay with it, then we can keep you around. But if you want to start pushing your weight around, then we're going to have a problem here. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh... – We'll see with George Payton. Good to see you, Dennis. Appreciate you coming in with the comments. Uh, anybody else really that stood out for you today? I think we do have to talk about, in my opinion, the biggest winner of today and maybe somebody in the Broncos realm of taking at 12. Uh, although I would not in favor of the position given where the Broncos are at, but yeah, at the end of the day, you got to take talent. Uh, Keon Mitchell, cornerback uh, from Toledo played a lot of off coverage at Toledo, but we always knew he was a really good athlete. There was a game Two years ago, I do not remember who was against, but he had four interceptions, and I think two of them were pick sixes, uh, where it's like at some point, like quarterback, we get it. You just don't have the arm, buddy. Quit throwing it to that side. Like You cannot get it yeah. there. He is going to take it away. Uh, <laughs> I mean, God bless him for going back to that well and trying, but uh, not very smart. So Keon Mitchell today saw a lot more press coverage and the ability to be physical rather than that off coverage out there. And uh, he looked like he could hang, man. He looked really good in press and staying in phase with guys. He's big. He's a great athlete. He's got ball skills. Sometimes I think he's not the most aware in zone coverage. I don't think he's as natural, instinctive in space as a Terry on Arnold or a Cooper DeGene in the upcoming class. Uh, you know, can, can kind of lock on his own. But ball skills are there. Big athlete he's got a challenge uh, for a top 15 pick. If he keeps up the way he looked today, I think he was the singularly most impressive player raising his, uh, as somebody who's been mocked in the first round, somebody who's like really solidified themselves as a first round. That might be a top 15 pick. Now, if he tests as well as he played today. 
Yeah, I saw a few people already tweet out. If you thought this guy was getting out of the first round, stop it. Like, it's done. There, no. there is no more question of where this guy is going in the draft. He's going first round. It's just a matter of how high he's going to go. And, uh, you know, on I'm trying to think who's the other side of this, the, the one of the losers, I think. Um, I'm trying to find his name real quick here. Um, give me just one second here. Was it uh, is a cornerback for for Penn State? Kalen King. Kalen King. I think he was one of those guys that had a lot to prove going into this week. You know, had a down year, had a lot of hype leading into this season. And then, like I said, just wasn't his best year by any means. And I thought here's the senior bowls, a really good opportunity for him to go show, hey, I'm not, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm still a talented player. And they they let wide receivers at one point pick who they wanted to go against. And wide receivers started picking him on a pretty regular basis. And because they knew they could beat him. And that, that's not a good sign. No. When, when wide receivers are already seeing like, this is the guy I know I can look good against him. So just kind of sad to see his fall from grace of going from, Hey, maybe this is that guy that could really emerge as a, a top three cornerback in this upcoming draft to, I, I don't know if he's going to go in the first two days. We'll see. It will be interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Definitely want to keep him on watch. Uh, some other guys who stand out here for me today. Uh, you have the six foot five, 290 pound edge slash interior defensive lineman, Darius Robinson from Missouri. Uh, definitely going to be a hybrid player. I don't know if Carl, if you remember Carl Brooks last year at Bowling mm-hmm. Green, who had that like defensive tackle body type, but they played him at stand up edge. And like, I don't know how that's going to work. He was really good, really good uh, for Green Bay this season. I think fourth round pick. He's somebody I think could maybe be in that mold if he tests well. I mean, we could be talking about a top 40 pick here in Darius Robinson, even though he's probably the body type says interior defensive line. He plays pretty damn good at edge. Maybe he's a power edge at the end of the day that in obvious pass downs reduces inside or, you know, with how flexible teams are, their pass rush plans uh, nowadays. Maybe you get the bigger guy on the outside with the smaller guy inside and play twist and stunt and make him think about it. I don't know, um, but he stands out to, to me. I thought Texas A&M nose tackle McKinley had a solid day today. Uh, and Leatu Latu, outside of going up against Talisi Fuaga, Latu looked really good. He's got great hands. I was really pretty disappointed in the length there, Carl. I think it was 32 and an eight, 32 and a quarter, which for an edge rusher that's, you know, as hand dependent as he is, not having the ability to, you know, play the edge and rush the quarterback at the same time, you know, the run stopping stuff kind of concerns me. But against a offensive tackle is not named Talisi Fuaga. He had a good game or a good practice today. So definitely yeah. still a first round pick if the medicals uh, clear for him. What do you think about uh, Peyton Wilson and his T-Rex arms today? He didn't look good. I know that yeah. we just talked about linebackers, you know, whatever, but uh, yeah, he really small, really diminutive. He's going to have to test like an, a freak. And I just did not think he looked very good. I would not sniff him in the top 50. Yeah. Uh, I saw that well, Daniel, had- Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah released his top 50 today and he was in there. I don't know if he will be in his next iteration. Edron Cooper, though, Texas A&M linebacker. He was in there. He's the guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, he does have some great tape from this last year, Peyton Wilson. I mean, he's he's a talented player, but like I said, just his arms coming in at the one the one percentile. First. Yeah. First, yeah, there you go. First percentile. I was trying to figure out first percentile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first percentile. There's only been two linebackers that have had it smaller than than him in all of you know, since they've been doing all this testing 
and uh, and both of them didn't go before the third round, and and those didn't have double digit surgeries going into this whole process as well, you know. So again, talented player, but that there's going to be some major major red flags that teams are going to have to evaluate and decide is it's if this is worth it, if how much can this really translate to the NFL. Um, so he was one. Of, I was really looking forward to seeing him down there at the the Senior Bowl. But like you said, had a tough day. Measurements didn't go very well for him. Just a lot of things just kind of taking his draft stock down pretty quick. Yeah, it was a uh, pretty eventful day today. I, I do want to say that uh, I thought Penix had a up and down day today. It's watching the ball come out of his hand. I think it does. He has more zip than Knicks, but again, sometimes the erratic nature, especially trying to layer the throws between the linebackers and the safeties just struggles with that from time to time. Rattler is made some really bad decisions today with the football from what I saw. I mean, you see it come out and it looks pretty good, but uh, doesn't look good when it hits the other team's hands. Right. So uh, I'm curious to see what it'll <laughs> look like today, uh, tomorrow. Milton Milton uh, from Tennessee definitely has the most raw tools. there, the biggest, best arm, probably the fastest of the quarterbacks as well, but the processing and the, accuracy down to down is just not there, but somebody, I mean, he's just too big and athletic and a big arm uh, for somebody not to take a shot on him in the top 125 uh, in the upcoming yeah. drafts. I don't know if I'd be the team that would do that, uh, but uh, somebody's going to take a shot on him without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, if I was Indianapolis, I might think about it as a backup for Anthony Richardson. So then you don't have to change the offense when he comes in. If Anthony Richardson were to get hurt, I think that wouldn't be the worst fit ever. I mean, do you really want two really young quarterbacks as your quarterback room? I'm not quite hundred percent sure on that, but um, I, I guess that's just, like I said, I, I always like the idea of not having to completely change my offense just because a backup has to go in. I want to be able to still call the same plays. So the players are the re- the other 10 don't have to completely adjust to this whole new setup because of one player. Uh, one more guy I wanted to get into before we got on out of here um, that few reps I saw, I'm gonna have to do a little bit more digging. I came in not having watched him at all, but Marshawn Neeland, uh, six foot three, 270 pounds looked pretty darn good in the one-on-ones as an edge rusher from, I think it was Western Michigan helmet. So uh, that is one that I am interested in as well. Uh, just keep an eye on Broncos are definitely looking for edge getting better in the trenches. Maybe they can find something there. Uh, day two, day three. All right, well, we got Michael coming in once again, as he always does for these shows. Saying, Great show tonight, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos. And uh, and then I saw we had Cody W. as well, asking about a lot too. We talked about him just a little bit ago. Of Yeah, he, he had a pretty good day. Um, he had a couple bad reps for sure, but he was going against some pretty talented players as well. So um, of, of the edge rushers, he looks, he looks well-prepared. And he's got his arsenal of weapons. I, I think... I said it last week um, of the edge rushers. He's that guy that is the most technically sound and ready to jump into the NFL to make that real big day one impact. I don't think he has the highest ceiling, but I think just again, those tools that he has available because he's advanced in that way could really have him winning that like defensive rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. But then he's going to kind of stay pretty consistent. He might be a designated pass rusher early just because the athletic freakish get off um, and the wingspan translates more to run defense uh, early on, right? Just the ability to jar a tackle and set an edge. Uh, but he's so good with his hands and he's got pretty good bend as well. Uh, 
I definitely am biased towards the height, weight, speed freak athletes at edge. Uh, but somebody like a, and I'm not saying this is him, uh, but somebody like a Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa did not test, you know, incredibly athletic Aiden Hutchinson. Another one didn't, but so good with their hands, just having a repertoire yeah. and understanding mm-hmm. leverage and how to set guys up, just playing a smart player. Uh, so the Broncos get him at 12. They're going to be able to much better get off the pass rusher. Uh, doesn't make you that much more athletic uh, up front, but uh, can definitely get after the passer better. So he passes medicals. He's definitely in the range for the Broncos at 12. I think he's more likely a guy that I'd feel better if you could slightly trade back for him. But I don't know. That seems like a lot of guys right now. Like I talked about earlier as uh, Mel Kuyper's calling him the nifty nine uh, offensive guys. I have 10 guys right now that if they're there for the Broncos pick at 12, probably running the, the podium, those nine offensive guys. And then also Dallas Turner, just cause I'm a sucker for height, weight, speed athletes, in the trenches. Uh, but after that, I don't know. seems like there's a conglomerate of a bunch of guys. So, uh, we'll be, we'll be interesting. And that's outside of quarterback as well. So I don't know. Um, do you have any thoughts on quarterback today? I thought Pratt had a lot of hype coming in. seems like a smart guy, but I don't know the arm that the hand size was concerning. Uh, the arm yeah. is just not overwhelming <clears throat> by any means. I, I was hoping I was hoping for more. He, he made a couple really nice throws. You know, the, the one corner route, towards the sideline. Great, great throw. But there was just a lot of them. A couple of them bounced to the wide receiver. Um, just, like I said, inconsistent. I, I think that you could say that about a lot of the guys today. And, and it is day one. I have to remember that these guys are working with wide receivers and offensive linemen that they haven't worked with before. The other thing that concerned me with him was I watched him take a couple snaps from center and he fumbled the ball. A couple, like he didn't actually fumble it on the ground, but you could see like he had a delay trying to get the ball secured. And, you know, that's something a lot of these guys they're working on. It's might, might be the first time their entire college career where they're actually working under center other than maybe some, you know, quarterback sneak kind of place. Um, so just seeing that a little bit, it's just a little something to notice. Uh, doesn't mean it's going to be end all be all of, Hey, now don't take this guy because he struggles under center. Um, but that is part of the adjustment and part of, you, you see Sean Payton, he wants to be able to get under center. Like he wants to be able to do a lot of things with the quarterback of be able to throw a pass from both shotgun under center, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I wasn't as, I was hoping for more because I know there's a lot of connections to Pratt uh, of with Sean Payton. And again, if you're not taking a guy in the first round, that could be a guy there in the third round, but today, yeah, not my favorite guy by any means. And Bo Nix, and Penix as well, you know, again, nothing that made me go, yep, this has really separated them from the other group of quarterbacks. You know, I, I've said before, Bo Nix is my number four right now. And I'm hoping that he has that kind of week where he really does separate himself to say, okay, yeah, he for sure has cemented himself in this position. Um, maybe I don't because maybe if the Broncos really do like him and then all of a sudden you got Atlanta taking him there ahead of him. Um because I don't, I don't want to have to give up more. I don't want to have to give up more capital. I think he's, I think he's okay at, at pick twelve. I don't want to have to get up into the top ten to get him, because he is one of those quarterbacks you have to surround with some players to make him work. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I see a comment in here. Why is Nick so down on Bonix? I think Bonix is fine. I think if he Broncos, if he was there at pick twenty four, and uh, the Broncos were in that range, take a shot. Uh, don't know about 12. It's the opportunity cost too. 
Uh, if you pick a quarterback at 12, you're probably not taking one in 2025. You might not even take one in 2026, at least this regime. I don't know if I'd want to marry my you know, team to him, but he sounds like a really smart guy. And uh, we only have so many pieces of the puzzle when it comes to the quarterback evaluation. The intelligence and the intangibles can really skyrocket a guy up the board. And sounds like Bonix has that hearsay, but sounds like Bonix has that. So again, I just feel like the offensive scheme in Oregon, a lot of empty calories, not a lot of NFL throws and uh, doesn't have the overwhelming arm talent uh, that I'm hoping for in a top 12 pick at quarterback. Uh, it's one of the reasons I was not so about Mac Jones. He was not athletic as well <laughs> in the top there. So I'd rather have a little bit more tools to hang our hat on it. But Nick's is a thick player and a pretty good athlete as well at the spot. So I don't love him, but I would get it. Uh, the only guys I love in this class, honestly, are Caleb Williams and Drake may the other ones, I don't know if you're picking at two or three and didn't have to trade up. Okay. Uh, that's the different comp for Jaden Daniels or all those guys, but tough spot. Uh, we'll get into a lot more of the quarterback evaluation as time goes on, because right now it does seem like the Broncos are taking a quarterback, probably Knicks or McCarthy are the two that you need to get, uh, get familiar with. Right. Probably. <laughs> so anybody else you want to talk about before we get out of here, we're at an hour, we're a little bit long. Um, but, uh, I uh, know that uh, yeah, no projects. Drake may is it brother. Drake may is a dude. I don't know if you can get up to Drake may, but any other thoughts? I big takeaway from you, Jackson powers, Johnson, Tyler Guyton, Kenyon, uh, Keon Mitchell. Those are the three big winners today for me. Yeah. And I think Roman Wilson at wide receiver. I think he really proved showing off his speed today. You know, I think there were some people really questioning his ability to, I mean, he showed some separation ability, but it wasn't like you saw today. Um, I, I think he's really proven himself to be quite the downfield target for, for teams. A um, couple other wide receivers that I was hoping for a little bit more. Uh, Devontae's, um, why am I spacing his name all of a sudden? Uh, from North Carolina, I was really hoping for a big week from him. Um, Tez, there we go. Um, Devontae's so far, Walker. doesn't, yeah, Devontae's Walker, yeah. Sounds like he was kind of not not great. You know, his route running was a little bit off. Again, those are things you can teach. He has an incredible athleticism. I've heard he's kind of like one of those four three kind of speed guys. I didn't quite see it when I watched his reps today. Um, I, I was hoping for a little bit more separation from him, but uh, but yeah. Then McConkey again, great player out there today. I think he was one of the big winners from the wide receiver position. I mean, there, there was a couple of them it's not like he was running deep routes and getting five yards of separation. He was running quick slants and getting five yards of separation. That that just seems crazy when you're, you're looking out there at these players that are supposed to be NFL caliber and he's whooping them like that. So um, it, it definitely should make more people take notice of him. Yeah. Going to be interesting. Uh, a lot of fun. We got more practice ahead. Uh, we got to get on out of here. Yeah. Scott says Tez Walker had a nightmare day. Well, maybe stock up for Drake may by uh, association on that one. And Micah says thought McConkie was a tight end. McConkie's a wide receiver. You're thinking of Brock Bowers is the other guy out there in Georgia. Who's the tight end. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Hopefully one of these quarterbacks emerges a little bit more uh, in uh, day two. I think it was an okay day um, from Knicks and Penix. Uh, those are the two big ones to keep an eye on and we'll see what day two brings, but appreciate everyone. Make sure you follow on us on Twitter. Make sure you follow Carla at Carl Delmer MHH and myself yeah. at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. 
And as the ticker says there underneath, please subscribe to our show, like on our cha- like our channel, and uh, share on all your social media platforms. We won't be back again for another week, but uh, make sure you're tuning in. Plenty more with uh, Scott and uh, myself and everyone else talking the Senior Bowl and the Broncos draft. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. The opinions are going to change, and we're all just going to continue to learn about the class uh, together as we move forward. And heck, the Broncos picks are going to change probably as well. We'll see some movement. Some stuff is going to change. Uh, so a lot of fun. Uh, Senior Bowl is a great time. Hopefully get down there to Mobile at some point. It sounds like a big party out there. I'm sure Vitz is just overflowing with folks right now. Uh, and uh, yeah, Carl, thanks so much. We'll see you guys later. Hopefully Scott has better internet connection next time. Uh, go Broncos. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you later. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.